Welcome to this week's class in Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse in honor of now that we're between Pesach and Shavuot, and it's customary to learn every week Pirkei Avot. So before we actually learn Pirkei Avot every single week, so we open up by learning a Mishnah, the beginning of the Mishnah from the 11th chapter in the Tractate of Sanhedrin, where the Mishnah says, Kol Yisrael yesh lahem chelek haba. Every single Jewish person has a place in the world to come. The Rebbe said this specific discourse on Shabbos Pashas Achrei Mevorchim Choydesh Iyar in the year Tavshin Lama Gimel 48 years ago. And the Rebbe went on to certify and edit this specific discourse in honor of the seventh day of the month of Adar in the year Tavshin Nun 31 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the opening Mishnah, which is the introduction to Pirkei Avais, where it says, Kol Yisrael, every single Jewish person, Yesh Lehem Chelek, has a place, L'Oilam Haba, to the world to come. So, we all know we are living in this world. In this world, in Hebrew, is called Oilam Haza. This world, after this world, so just to... To be clear, so it'll be easier as we go. So when someone passes away, the body we know is buried in the ground, and the soul goes uh, to go, to the Garden of Eden, Gan Eden. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to go on the way, a detour to Gehenna in purgatory. But again, that's not a discussion for itself. But you go. So the goal is to go to Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, we know there's something which is called Gan Eden Atachta, in the lower level of Gan Eden. There's Gan Eden in the higher level of Gan Eden, the higher level of Garden of Eden. After the period of Gan Eden, then there's something which is going to be called Oilom the world of the resurrection, where everybody is going to be resurrected, which means everyone's going to come back alive. And even the souls that from Gan Eden are going to come back alive and they're going to go back into a body. Fascinating stuff. After that period, there's going to be something which is called loss of love. Again, another class for itself, the journey of uh, what happens after this world. But the point, the reason I'm bringing up this up is because the Mishnah says everyone has a place in the world to come. World to come is not defined. The world can come, can be referring to Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. It can be referring to the Oilam the world of the resurrection. And it can also be referring to Las Lavai, after the world, after the, the, the world of the resurrection. So the Rebbe says in this Mishnah, when it says Oilam Haba, again, it could be different meanings in different places, but in this Mishnah, when it says Oilam Haba, it's referring to what? Oilam Atchia, the world of the resurrection of the dead. How do we know this? The Rebbe says clear, because it says, it's, it, seems, it says in the Mishnah, these people do not have a place in the world to come. Who doesn't have a place in the world to come? So the Mishnah says, those that say, ain't that there's no such thing as resurrection of the dead. So they will not have a place in the world to come. Why? And the Gemara says clearly, because since you're denying the resurrection of the dead, you don't believe in it, so you're not going to have a place, you're not going to be part of the resurrection of the dead. Knows midah, connected midah. The way you behave, that's what you get. So if you don't believe in it, so how, can it how can it be there for you? But again, the point is, so you see clearly that the Mishnah says, these have a place in the world to come. Who doesn't have the place in the world to come? Those that denied the resurrection of the dead, and therefore you're not going to have it. So therefore, in this Mishnah, it's referring to, it's referring to the world of the resurrection of the dead. And that's why the Mishnah says, call Yisrael, every single Jewish person has a place in the world to come, is referring to what? The, the world of the resurrection of the dead. Now, so again, every person, no exceptions, 
So the Rebbe said like this, because we all know where King David says in Psalms, in reference to the Garden of Eden, so he says like this, Mi Allah Bahar Hashem, who is going to be able to go up to the mountain of God referring to Ganadin? So it says clearly, Naki Kabayim, someone that has clean hands. It doesn't only mean physically clean hands, it means spiritual clean hands. Uvar Levam, someone that has a pure heart. So you see that in order to go into the Garden of Eden, there's conditions, criteria you have to meet. Clean hands, a pure heart. And we're talking about even the lower level of, of Gan Eden. How much more so on the higher level? However, when it comes to Oilam Atchia, Oilam Habu, which over here is referring to the world of resurrection of the dead, call Yisrael, everyone is going to receive a place in the world to come. So the Rebbe asked a, a simple question. We have to understand. In other words, like this the revelation that's going to take place in Oilam Atchia, in the world of the resurrection, is much greater than the revelation in the Garden of Eden. And the, the world of resurrection of the dead, the revelation is even going to be greater, not only the lower level of Garden of Eden, because we know there's a lower level, there's a higher level. So it's even going to be higher than the higher level of Garden of, garden of Eden, Oilam Atchia is going to be even higher. And even in the, in the higher level of Garden of Eden, there's many, many levels, but Tchia Samesinim is obviously the highest. And it, how do we see that? It's self-understood. Why? Because let's look at the resurrection of the dead itself. Who is going to get up for the resurrection of the dead? So let's look at all the souls for the last tens and hundreds and thousands of years. That they where are they? They're in the Garden of Eden. And every single day, they, 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 they pray and they connect to God. There's no distractions there. And they're, every day they're elevating themselves. So the souls are like really, really getting purer and purer and holier and holier. But nevertheless, what's going to happen in the, in the period of resurrection dead? Even all those souls are going to have to come back and be resurrected into a body. Why? Because obviously the revelation of the world of the resurrection of the dead is much greater. Even in the Garden of Eden, even the highest level in the Garden of Eden, resurrection of the dead is all, is all over the top. But nevertheless, so even though it's so powerful, so in order to go into Garden of Eden, which seemingly is a lower level than the resurrection of the dead, there's conditions, there's requirements. But when it comes to the resurrection of the dead, boom! Everybody, call Yisrael, is going to be resurrected. So what does that mean? So Rebbe says, he's, he explains this based on introduction. And it was like as follows. In the resurrection of the dead, the world of the resurrection, we're saying is that what? It's higher than the Garden of Eden, which it is obviously. It comes after, and the because you're going from Garden, Garden of Eden, you don't go down, you're going up. You're going where? You're going out to, oh, we're being resurrected. It's much higher. Now, Seemingly, the Garden of Eden, who's in the Garden of Eden? Souls. The body we know gets buried. So what's in the Garden of Eden? Just a soul. A soul without a body. In the world of resurrection, what are we going to have then? A soul with a body. So what does it mean that in the time of the resurrection, when the soul is going to be back with a body, it's going to be higher than the Garden of Eden when the soul is on its own? When the soul is on its own, it's soaring on high. No limits. But then, but when you have dealing with the body, it's physical. And we're saying that the that in the in Tchiyas HaMesim is much higher. Now, so on one hand, you're going to say, one second, maybe we're dealing with not the physical coarse body like we have today, 
But we're dealing with a refined body, totally pure, fine uh, pure, uh, type of a uh, type of body. Like for example, let's take the body of 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 Adam Arisha, the first man, Adam. So we know that his body was 100% refined. It was pure. Why? Because who made his body? Hashem himself. Yitzir Kap of Shalakadosh Baruch Hashem himself made his body. And as the it says in the Zohar, that the heel, the bottom of his foot, the heel of Adam Arishoin shined more powerful than the sun. If Hashem made his body, he was so pure. So literally the heel, which is the lowest level of the body, shine, shine more powerful than the sun. And not only that, when Mashiach, in the future, so what's going to happen is the body is not only going to be as great as Adam and Risha, and it's actually going to be more refined. It's going to be much more complete. So therefore, so perhaps that's the reason why um, even though it's going to be a body, but it's going to be refined. So, so the Rebbe says that helps us understand why that even though it's going to be a soul and a body, but nevertheless the body is going to be able to receive the powerful revelations that are taking place. Then, why? Because it's going to be totally refined. Fine, I get that, but nevertheless, how can you say that the revelation that's going to be in the future is going to be specifically to a soul and a body versus the way it's in Garden, Garden of Eden, which without a body? And I was like this: even though, even though, in the future, the body is going to be totally complete, it's going to be totally pure, pure, but nevertheless, it's still a body. If you're calling it a body, you can't say it's not a body. It's a refined body. It's a pure body. It's a body that's going to shine off light, but it's still a body. What does that mean by when we say it's a body? That means it has limitations. It's a physical body. And because it has a physical limitation, so even if it's the most refined body, there's no way it's more refined than just spirituality. It's not more refined than the soul itself. The soul is, is, is spiritual. It's not, it's not limited to a body. The body has its limitations. Like for example, the body, because it's physical, it has limitations of space. It has limitations of time, which is unique to have something physical. But nevertheless, nevertheless, so we're dealing with a body, and yes, it's refined like Adam, and it's going to be um, uh, even more refined, it's going to be more complete, but it's still physical. But nevertheless, in order for the souls, all the souls that were in, in the Garden of Eden for tens, hundreds, thousands of years, so they should be able to receive the powerful gift of light, which is going to be in the future after the world of Tchias HaMesim. No, they have to first go back into a body. Why? In other words, like this. One of the differences between the revelation that takes place in the Garden of Eden and the tremendous revelation that's going to be in the future, in order to receive the powerful, beautiful energy of the Garden of Eden, what has to happen? The soul has to disconnect from the body. The body gets buried, and the soul goes up on high to enjoy the beautiful power energy of the Garden of Eden. Not only does it have to disconnect from the body, when the soul leaves this world, 
in order for it to go into the Garden of Eden, so it has to, just like for example, today we have a physical mikvah, where a person goes inside the mikvah to purify himself. So that's a physical mikvah with, with regular water. But for the soul to go into the Garden of Eden, the Zohar tells us it has to be immersed in something which is called the Nahar Dinur, which is a very, very powerful uh, spiritual transformation that takes place, up to the point, it's almost like a shocker, where the, the, the immersion in the Nahar Dinur causes the soul to forget about everything that happened in this world. Because you can't go into Gan Eden b- remembering things of this physical world. It's not going to allow you to experience it. So in order to go from this world, we're not talking the body, the body is buried. We're talking the soul. Even for the soul to go from this world onto the spiritual world of Gan Eden, it has to be shocked out. It has to forget about everything that happened in this world. And the same, so that's only to get to Gan Eden. Once it gets to Ganadin and it wants to go from one level to the next level, wants to elevate himself, every single elevation that you go through, you have to forget the understanding and the pleasure of the previous level. And I was like this. If you're in a certain level and you want to go to the next level, if you're still living in that world, it's hard to go to the next level. You have to be willing to let go of everything. What's the expression? Let go and let God in. You have to be willing to let go. So when the soul leaves the world, it totally lets go of everything. And it goes through this spiritual mikvah that allows it to forget everything. Then it goes into Ganadin. Even in Ganadin, it forgets more and it goes to the next level. So every level leaves off whatever achieved of satisfaction, intellectual or spiritual or emotional or enjoyable, any type of satisfaction forgets. And it keeps on climbing. Now, so you see that the journey in Ganadin is a disconnect from the physical reality, and it's a disconnect from previous levels. But what happens when you want to go into, wow, off the chart? We're going to skip over Trias Mason. Tell us to love in the future. Whoa, you got to come back into the body. What does that mean? Why are you going back into the body? You want we, the whole, you hear we were working on Aiden to forget the body, to forget the physical world, and here we're going back into the physical world. So the Rebbe says, in order to understand this, he's going to explain based on a verse that says like this. It says in the Torah, Zois HaToyrah. This is the Torah, Adam. Man, what does that mean? So the Torah says, Zois HaToyrah. This is the Torah, Adam, man. What does that mean practically? So the Rebbe says that that the Torah, Torah, is compared to Adam, to man. What does that mean practically? It sounds like this. Every single Adam, every single human being, is a combo, a combination, a mixture of what? A body and a soul. Every single person has a physical body and has a soul. No soul, person's dead. Soul without a body, that's in the Garden of Eden. This world, every human being, is a combination, soul and a body. Now, that's by Adam. So what does the Torah say? Zoysa Torah Adam. Just like Adam has a body and a soul, so the same thing also when it comes to Torah, Torah has two components also. There's the body of the Torah, which we'll soon explain what it is, and there's the soul of the Torah. That's, that's specifically in the Torah. So the man, humans have a body and a soul. Torah has a body and a soul. The Rebbe says in general, we're going to introduce now the idea of mitzvah. In general, that's the difference between Torah, learning Torah, Torah Hashem, 
and doing mitzvahs. In other words, like this. Mitzvahs, you know, Hashem gave us 613 commandments, 365 negative commandments, and 248 positive commandments. The 248 positive commandments are actually called a varim de malka, limbs of Hashem. Just like we have limbs in our body. 248 limbs. So that is mitzvahs. Mitzvah represents what? Limbs. Physicality. Torah, on the other hand, Torah is called the blood. The blood of the soul. What does Torah do? Torah draws in life and vitality in to the limbs of the mitzvahs. So mitzvah is, 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 is like limbs. Every time you do a mitzvah, you're adding another spiritual limb to your body. And every time you learn Torah, you're fusing it with blood that's going through it. Based on that, you see that mitzvah is more connected to something physical, limbs. And Torah is more connected to something spiritual, the blood, the infusion, the vitality, the energy. So that's why... Mitzvahs, because it's more physical, it's a limb, mitzvahs are always associated with a certain time. Like, for example, Shabbat is once a week. Yomim Toivim are certain times of the year. Every or it's certain mitzvahs, mitzvahs, we put on by day, not by night. Every mitzvah is associated with time, limited to time, and also to space. Mitzvahs have a structure, it's something physical. On the other hand, Torah we know, Torah is not bound by time and space. You can learn Torah 24-7, and wherever you are in the world, you learn Torah. Even on cyberspace, you can learn Torah. Torah is not bound by, not by time, not by space. You can't do a mitzvah in cyberspace. It's hard to do it. But the, the Torah, you can learn. Now, take it a step further, because a powerful example, he says like this. Unfortunately, today, we don't have the temple. We know in the temple, there was a lot of mitzvahs. You could bring sacrifices, karbanot, you can bring incense, whatever the mitzvahs that took place in the temple. Today we can't do it. Those mitzvahs, because they are physical, they're materialistic mitzvahs that you need a, a space, the temple. You need it on the time when you, obviously when we have the temple, you can't do it today physically. On the other hand, what do we know? It says that if you sit and learn about the mitzvahs that took place in the temple, like for example, you learn about the sacrifice of a carbon oila, a sacrifice which is totally as a gift to Hashem, or any other sacrifice, it's as if you brought that sacrifice. As if you brought the sacrifice? What do you mean? <laughs> There's no temple. How are you bringing the sacrifice? So the Torah has the power that when you learn about something, it's as if you do it. Why? How does that work? And Herb explains very simple. Because even though... You're not doing it in the time of the, of the, the appropriate time and the, and the space, etc. But since Torah is not bound by time and space, so therefore you can learn today about a sacrifice as if you brought the sacrifice. Mitzvahs are, are confined to time and space, and Torah is not confined to time and space. In other words, like this. That's what, in reference to what Torah and mitzvahs. And the same thing also, the body, our physical body, is confined. Space, it takes up space. And also, take it's, it's, it's confined to time. You're here now, and you're not there now. You can be there later, and not here then later. On the other hand, the soul, our neshama that we have, is spiritual. Our soul is not confined to time and space. You can be physically sitting here in your mind, your heart, your soul could be elsewhere. Both in time and both in space. Now, just like it's in reference to Torah and Mitzvahs, that Torah is not constricted to time and space, and mitzvah is constricted to time and space, 
same thing also applies to Torah and mitzvahs of the person that is observing the mitzvahs. In other words, when you're learning Torah, that's more connected to the soul of the person learning Torah. And when you're doing mitzvahs, it's more connected to the body of the person doing the mitzvah. Now, so here you have two components. You have Torah and mitzvahs. Neshama and Guf. Now, <clears throat> what we just learn, what's seemingly more powerful? Torah. Because Torah is like the Neshama, not limited to time and space. You can do, you can learn about Torah of certain mitzvahs, and even though you can't do it today, it's good if you did it. Mitzvahs, on the other hand, are, are limited to time and space. So seemingly, Torah is much higher than mitzvahs. And that's correct, we just learned it. But the Rebbe says, this that we just learned, that Torah is more higher and more spiritual, more powerful than mitzvahs, it's only in the world of revelation. The way we see it, yeah, mitzvahs, you need a certain space, a certain time, got it. Torah is not limited in the world of revelation. But let's look at the source. The source of Torah and the source of mitzvahs. So when you look at the source of Torah and the source of mitzvahs, so again, to be clear, in reality, Torah is much higher. Torah is not limited time and space. Mitzvah is limited. But the source, mitzvahs are actually sourced much higher than Torah. Why? Very simple. Where does Torah come from? So we all know, let's go back to our chart of the Svirot. So you have Keser, which is the highest Svirot. And in Keser, you have Tainug and Ratzayin. And then you have the next set of spheres is Chachma Binadas, which is the intellect. And then you have the emotional spheres, Chesed, Word, Ferris, Netzachoy, Yisoyin, Malchus. Now, where does Torah come from in the world of Sfirot? The spheres apply to us, applies to the way Hashem created the world. So where does Torah come from, from which Sfirot? It comes from Chachma. It's the first of the intellectual spheres. Mitzvahs, which sphere does Mitzvah come from? Mitzvah comes from Keser, the lower level of Keser, Ratzayin. So Torah, the source of Torah is Chachma. The source of Mitzvah is Ratzayin, which is higher than Chachma. So again, we just learned that in reality, in Revelation, what's higher? Torah is much higher than Mitzvahs. But in the source, Torah is only from Chachma. I mean, not only, it's great, it's powerful, it's Chachma, but it's from Chachma. Mitzvahs, on the other hand, comes from Ratzayin. And Ratzayin is higher than Chachma. Take it a step further, the Rebbe says, a step further. Even after Torah and mitzvahs come down into this world, you do, if you look a little deeper, you'll see that mitzvahs is more powerful. Why? Because when you learn Torah, what are you learning about? Sit and learn. You're learning Torah, right? And it's important. To, what are you learning about? You're learning about the mitzvahs. You're learning about the mitzvahs. So what's the subject matter? The mitzvahs. You're learning about the mitzvahs. So if you're learning about the mitzvahs, what is more important? If you look, a drop deeper. Yeah, mitzvahs are more important. I'm learning about the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are the important things. So again, so you see clearly that even though on a superficial revealed level, Torah is much more powerful. Torah is not limited to time and space. Mitzvahs are. But in source, mitzvahs is higher because it comes from Ratz and Torah only comes from Chachmah. And then if you even live a look deeper, when you're learning Torah, you're learning about the mitzvahs. So obviously mitzvahs are much deeper and much more powerful. So that's what in terms of Torah and mitzvahs. But now there it says, let's look. Let's, let's think for a second. The same applies with us, 
our neshama, our soul, and our physical body. Which is comparable, like we said before, like Torah mitzvahs. That's how we started off. Zoyis Torah Adam. That Torah is just like Adam. Just like Adam has an Hashem and Guf, Torah has an Hashem and Guf. And we went to the whole idea of Torah mitzvahs. Now, another thing like this. You have a soul and you have a body. The body, where does it get its vitality from? From the soul. What happens when the soul leaves the body? Body goes back in the ground. It's over. So if you look at the soul and you look at the body, what's more powerful? For sure, the soul. Because the soul gives the body its, its life force. The body just the body. Not just. It's a body. But its source comes from the neshama. Now, just like we said before, the Torah is higher than mitzvahs. But let's look at the source of the neshama and the source of the guf. The source of the body is much higher than the source of the neshama. And like the rabbi brings, where it's explained that the love and the connection that Hashem has with the Jewish people, so there's two connections. One is Hashem has a connection to us with our soul. He has a connection to us with our body. The connection Hashem has with our soul is, like it says, Bonim Atem Hashem We're compared to Hashem's children. What does that mean? So think about a love that a parent has for a child. A love that a parent has for a child is, is natural. It's not unnatural. It's unnatural not to love your children. It's, it's unnatural not to love your children. But it's a natural thing to love your children. In other words, so what's the source? What's the source that Hashem loves us? Because Hashem loves us because there's something to love. Our soul is beautiful. It's part of God. So it's not that Hashem's, it's, the love is coming from Hashem. We are lovable. We are lovable. So the love is not necessarily coming, Hashem had to do some serious soul searching. I really love this kid. It's his kid. We're his children. He loves us. We are his children, so he loves us. So the loving relationship that Hashem has with us is because we're lovable. We're his children. It's a natural love. Now, which is great. It's beautiful. Now, but let's look at the love for the body. The love that Hashem has for our body, what? What's so what's so wow about a body? It's a body. It's all it is. It come, we come from the earth. And it's not even like a child. It's it's an internal love. What what it's just a body. So why does Hashem love our body? And the answer is, like I brought in many, many places and said this. Because for some reason, Hashem chose. Hashem chose. In the first case, Hashem loves us because we're lovable. It's our soul. There's something to like. The body is just like a, it was a piece of earth. But for some reason, Hashem chose to love our body. Why? In Hebrew, it's called Bechira Chavshit. Free choice. Hashem chose not because it looks good, not because it tastes good, not because it smells good, not because it feels good. Hashem chose. Hashem chose to love our body. Now, when you're choosing just because, you know what that's called in Hebrew? It's called Bechira Atzmit. It's called choosing from the essence of Hashem. Hashem went into his essence, so to speak, and he said, ah, I love this body. Why? And I love it. No reason, no rhyme or reason. It's called Bechira Atzmit. Hashem chose it. Now, <clears throat> so the love that Hashem has for the soul 
is an external love. The love that Hashem has for the body is much deeper. To take it a step further, why is the soul feeding the body? The soul, the soul is a godly soul. Why is it choosing to feed the body? And the answer is because the soul realizes that in its source, the body is actually much higher. Hashem chose the body. Just like, for example, we said before, that when you learn Torah, you're learning about the mitzvahs. Why? Because the mitzvah is higher than Torah, obviously, in its source. The same thing also, the soul is feeding uh, and giving energy to the body because it realizes the body is obviously coming from a much higher source. So again, so we learn two things. A, when reference to Torah and mitzvahs, Torah seemingly is much more powerful on a revealed level. Mitzvah is on a lower level, but in its source, mitzvah is much higher. It comes from Ratzlein. And you see that learning Torah is all about mitzvah. It's the same thing also with our, our soul and our body. Our soul, seemingly our soul, it's much more powerful, it's much more spiritual. But nevertheless, our soul is source is in, is this, in the revealed part of Hashem. But the body is, comes from the essence of Hashem. And as we see that the soul takes care of the body because it knows that it's from a much, much deeper place. Now, <clears throat> We all know that when it comes to the obligation of doing mitzvahs, so everyone's, everyone's equal. Everyone has to observe all the commandments, the, all the positive commandments, all the negative. You have to observe it. It's not like this person only has to do these. This person only these. No, there's no such thing. There's no, there's no exemptions. There's no elitist. When it comes to the mitzvahs, negative precepts, everyone has to do Positive ones, everyone has to do. Women are exempt from certain mitzvahs. But everyone, ha- everyone has the same, the same uh, shopping list. Everyone has the same to-do list. 613 commandments. That's when it comes to mitzvot. Everyone is equal. On the other hand, when it comes to learning Torah, so we know it's clearly, it says clear in Shulchan Aruch, that there's different levels of responsibility and commitment of how much to learn Torah. For example, someone that sits a whole day and doesn't have a job and st- just sits at home, or sits at work, or sits in the synagogue, whatever you're sitting here, you have no responsibility. Someone that's, so we, in Hebrew it's called a yosh of oil, someone that's sitting in the tent, someone that is not out there with a job or any other responsibility. So then you have an obligation of higisa boyoyimim velayla. The Torah says clearly, you should study Torah by, by day and by night. Because someone that has no responsibility, the default setting is you have to learn Torah by day and by night, 24-7. A someone that's busy, they have a response. They have to take care of support their family. They have other community projects, etc. So then they're able to get away with the minimum of a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. And then obviously there's many variations in, the, in between. So it's either an extreme where you have to learn 24-7. Besides, obviously, you have to sleep or take care of what you have to. The other extreme is a chapter in the morning, a chapter at night. And then you have many different variations all in between. Now, why is that? Comes to Torah, there's so many different levels. Comes to mitzvahs, boom, one blanket uh, list for everybody. And the answer is, because what did we learn before? What's the source of mitzvahs? Keser. In Keser, Ratzin Hashem. Ratzin. So ke- mitzvahs come from where? From Keter, and specifically from Ratzin. Ra- in Ratzin, there's no higher and lower. There's no right, left. Ratzin... Will. It's all equal. 
It's above his chalkut. Like, for example, you know, all the spheroids, they're premiums. There's different levels. Kesser is really a makif. It, it's all-encompassing. So Kesser is all-encompassing, and that's why the mitzvahs apply to everybody. On the other hand, Torah comes from where Chachma. Chachma is one of the Svirot. And in the Svirot, there's different levels and different personalities, etc. And in Chachma, there, there's, there is um, different degrees and different levels and so on and so forth. So because Torah comes from Chachma, therefore there's different requirements and different people. On the other hand, mitzvahs come from Rotsa, and there's no, there's, no, there's no difference. So the Rebbe said you can say also, the same thing applies when it comes to learning Torah and doing mitzvahs in reality. And I was like this. When it comes to doing a mitzvah, everybody has to do the mitzvahs. Not only everyone has to do the mitzvahs, because everyone has to do the mitzvahs, what does it say in the Talmud? That, and it's a very powerful statement. Even somebody that's rebelling against Hashem, you ready for this? Malayim mitzvahs karimoin. A pomegranate is full with seeds. Some people say 613. I never counted. But they're full of seeds, full of mitzvahs. Even someone that's rebelling against Hashem is full of mitzvahs. Why? Because there's 361 negative commandments. Even when you're a rebel, you're not necessarily transgressing the negative ones. And every single person, even in their rebellion, they do this mitzvah, they do that mitzvah. So even someone that transgresses is full of mitzvahs. There's no such thing as someone that doesn't have mitzvahs. There's no such thing. It's impossible. Even if you do nothing, you already, you already have mitzvahs because you didn't transgress. It's hard to really, it's almost like impossible to transgress every mitzvah. It's impossible, possibly. So every single person is full of mitzvahs, full of plenty of mitzvahs. On the other hand, when it comes to learning Torah, guess what? Unfortunately, we know there's a concept called an Amaretz, someone that never learned. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, it's possible that you never learned. So it's possible that someone never really learned Torah or learned and really forgot Torah. So you could be empty. Yeah, someone, you want to share Dvar Torah? I don't know. And it could be he really doesn't know whether either he never learned or he forgot. Mitzvah is on the other hand. Everybody did a mitzvah, is doing a mitzvah, will do a mitzvah. Why is that? How could it be such? It's like opposites. When it comes to mitzvahs, we say that even the most wicked person is full of mitzvahs. And when it comes to learning Torah, it's possible you shouldn't, someone shouldn't, shouldn't have any connection to the Torah. And the answer to this is very simple. Because when it comes to things that it's lacking, no one could be lacking in essential things. Mitzvah is connected to what Rotsoin, which is Keser, which is Makif, which is the essence. In the essence, no one's lacking. Everybody has some mitzvahs. There's no sure everyone has a mitzvah. Even if they don't want to do it, they still do it. Yeah, so do a mitzvah. I don't want to do it. But guess what? They end up doing it. Why? Because nobody wants to be disconnected. On the other hand, when it comes to Torah, it's, we're dealing with, 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 with reveal part. We're dealing with in Hebrew, it's called giluyim. It's already chachma. It's a revealed sphere. Over there, you could be lacking externalities. You could be lacking. Not, not that you should be, but it's possible to be lacking in externalities, but not in the essence. Another was like this. When it comes to mitzvahs, mitzvahs is connected to the will of Hashem. Ratzayin ha'elyoin, the will of Hashem. And Ratzayin ha'elyoin, and mitzvahs is connected, like we said before, it's connected to the idea of the, the, our physical body. We do mitzvahs with our physical body. And how is our physical body chosen? Not because Hashem likes our physical body. There was something lo- lovable about it. No, because Hashem, from His essence, He chose us. 
So therefore, since Hashem chose us in His essence, and we do mitzvahs with our body, that's why all Jews have a connection to mitzvahs. Every single Jew has a connection to a mitzvah. Not necessarily Torah. But to mitzvahs, yes. So based on this, Trevor explains very, very powerfully, that's why it says, Kol Yisrael, every single Jew, Yesh lehem chelek, have a place where? In Oilam Haba. And we said Oilam Haba is referring to what? The world of resurrection, where all the souls are going to go back into the body. Now what did we say before? Oilam Haba, Oilam Atchia, the resurrection of the dead. It's even higher than Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. But nevertheless, everybody's going to have this revelation of what? Of Oilam Atchia. Why? And the answer is very simple, like we just learned. Because the Garden of Eden, all the reward that people sit in, in heaven and they receive tremendous reward in the Garden, what is it from? What is feeding the reward of the Garden of Eden? The, re- the reward in the Garden of Eden is from what? From the Torah you learned in this world. That's why it says in reference to the Garden of Eden, fortune is to the person that comes and he has his Torah. If you learn Torah in this world, when are you going to get the real payment? In the Garden of Eden. So again, in the Garden of Eden, what are we experiencing? What, what are those experiences? What will we, what will you experience? You're learning now Torah, you're listening to Hashir, guess what? In the Garden of Eden, you're going to get a huge prize for it. That's where pay up is. Payback, pay up is going to be in the Garden of Eden. Now, so in the Garden of Eden, the reward is for the Torah that we're learning in this world. But in the future, and it's referring to the future after Gan Eden, in the world of resurrection of the dead, when the souls come back in the body, then you're going to receive the reward. All the tremendous revelation you're going to receive is going to be based on mitzvahs that you do in this world. Now, here's, it's beautiful. So since doing a mitzvah, and we just learned, who does mitzvahs? What did we just learn? Even wicked people have tons of mitzvahs. Every Jew has tons of mitzvahs. So, and, and, so since we, every Jew has mitzvahs, and when is the reward for the mitzvahs? Ganadin, no. Ganadin is the reward for Torah. So in Tchiyas Mason, what's the reward then for the mitzvahs? So therefore, call Yisrael. Every single Jewish person will have a, a place in the world to come, which we're referring to, that's a reward for the mitzvahs we're doing in this world. And that's why, specifically, in the world of res- resurrection, the souls are going to be going back specifically into a body. Why? Because mitzvahs are connected to the body. Just like Torah is connected to the soul, mitzvahs are connected to the body. Rebbe goes on to say as follows, that this, that when, in, in the world of resurrection of the dead, is going to be for souls in the bodies, and there are certain souls that were for years, thousands of years maybe in Garden of Eden, but they're going to come back into the body. Why is that? So Rebbe quotes Famous Maimar Chazal, it says as follows. Godel Talmud, Talmud is great. Why is Talmud great? 
Because Talmud causes you to do mitzvahs. It's the bait in the Talmud. What's greater? Talmud, learning Torah, or doing mitzvahs. And back and forth. What do they come to the end, end result? That the truth is that Talmud is actually greater. But you know why Talmud is greater? Because it causes you to do the mitzvahs. It's like a catch twenty. you can go in circles. So Talmud is greater, but only Talmud is greater because, so technically really, action is greater. But Talmud is greater because it causes you to do mitzvahs. In other words, like this. So really, mitzvahs is greater. But since Talmud causes you to do the mitzvah, therefore Talmud becomes greater. Talmud becomes greater. So there is the same thing also, like we find in, in, in the uh, famous Siddiq, uh, um thesis from the Rebbe Rashab in the year Tafari Shamach Vav, he says like this, that when someone learns Torah, it's amazing, you're learning Torah, you're connecting to Neshama, it's, it's powerful lights. However, when you learn Torah to try to know what is the halacha, what is the maisa? What is the action? How do we have to behave from this? So then you have to actually think deeper. You have to crystallize it. And you come to the more of a greater depth of the Torah because you have to relate it to, to, to action. So that's why even the souls that were in the Garden of Eden for years, thousands of years, guess what? They're going to be coming back into a body. Because in the body is when you connect to the essence of Hashem. So based on this, Jehovah says, we can basically say that in the benefit of the Torah that we're going to have in the future, and notice what's the Torah in the future? When Mashiach comes, the Torah of Mashiach, right now in this world we have the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, from all the, uh, you know, all, all the, the Torah of this world, but we're going to, there's going to be to, in, the, in the future, after Garden of Eden, after Tchia Space, we're going to have the Torah of Mashiach. So there's two powerful ideas when it comes to the Torah of Mashiach. In other words, one is the power of Torah itself. Torah is very powerful. Torah is Hashem. It's very powerful. But we're also going to have the power of Torah through doing the mitzvahs. Because Torah in itself is very powerful. But when you take Torah and you infuse it with by doing the mitzvahs, so the Torah gets the, another whole level that has the benefit not only of Torah, but also the benefit of mitzvahs. And the Rebbe says the same thing also applies to our souls. In other words, besides the fact that we're, we're going to see the power of our neshama, how neshama is so, so powerful, but also the neshama is going to receive the tremendous revelation of the body as well. You know, like we learned before, the fact that Hashem shows specifically at the body. And Rebbe finishes off and he says like this, it should be the will of Hashem by doing our physical work, our spiritual work, and specifically our work of spreading Hasidis throughout the world, like we're learning now on the internet and sharing it with so many people and everyone should, you know, uh, you learn something, share it with someone else, spreading the teachings of Hasidis will merit to learning Torah, the Torah of Mashiach, the Torah of Mashiach, from the mouth of Mashiach, very, very soon and very, very uh, uh, quickly with the revelation of Mashiach. Why? Because obviously the, the, the teaching of Mashiach is going to compose, as the Rebbe says, two components. One is Torah in itself, which is very powerful, but also the Torah, which is transfused with a mitzvah, and by doing that, obviously it reaches what? A, a, whole, a, whole, a whole different level. So obviously, again, it's a beautiful Hasidic discourse. We learn about Oilam Haba, Oilam Atchia, 
And, but it also teaches us the importance of learning Torah, because by learning Torah, you connect to the infinite light of Hashem, and you'll have what to benefit from the tremendous revelation in the Garden of Eden, but also the importance of doing mitzvahs. Because when you do mitzvahs, you're actually creating a spiritual bank account for the Oilom when you'll be able to benefit from the uh, tremendous light that you're creating by doing mitzvahs in this world. So let's hope and pray that we continue to learn Torah, to do mitzvahs, and hopefully, God willing, before the next class, we'll have the tremendous revelation and we'll be able to learn, um, as the Rebbe finished it off by saying, the Torah of Mashiach from the mouth of Mashiach. Have a great and blessed week.